Hello and welcome to the No Holds Bar Witchcraft Podcast. Now, Chris, do you feel like you've got the uh, the lay of the land where you live? You know, Mid- Middle Earth, where you're Middle from. <laughs> you've got the lay of the land there. You know where all the good hot spots are and all the good well, dogging I... spots. Not the dogging <laughs> spots, that's your specialty. Oh. I... Uh... Yeah, I know my local area very well. Okay. But then I grew up here. So I'm only that's, recently That's returning. what I meant by your local area, where you're from, Middle-earth, right? Um, which for people in the US, they may not know where Middle-earth is. It's where that film, Lord of the Rings, was, <laughs> was basically, was basically um, you know, the book originally... Middle Earth is actually the Midlands where Chris is from. Middle Earth. Middle of the Empire, isn't it, Chris? Or it used to be. Don't think the Empire exists anymore. Not since they blew up that... Um... <laughs> hey, it can, it, it can strike back. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So, any little hot spots, magical hot spots, things that like go ping, like a microwave... Or a poppy ping if you're Welsh. I know we have Welsh people listening. Um, anything like that where you are from? So my my little town that I'm from, I think I've told you before, Liam, is a bit of a weird place because it's on the edge of three counties, ancient counties. And then where we currently are, had the boundary kind of shifts over time and kind of jumps either side of us. So we've been in different counties over the time. And in the the great, great ancient times, we were part of Mercia, which is one, which is the, where the Middle Earth is based on. Ah. Was this massive, you know, lordship, kingship area when it was originally. Isn't there a Mercia move? Don't you have to be a, a local to join it or something? I remember yeah, something there's about a, that. Oh, there's a proper culty one. Yeah, that is for Mercia, trying to bring back ancient, the ancient Mercia. Um, it was quite a big, okay. a big tribe with a big area when the Celts were in charge and the Anglo's. Okay, so the magical hotspots. Then, what what magical hotspots have you got around Middle Earth? So well, the we do, te- we have one. Well, it'd be some people would quibble about this. I have my favourite sp- spring that you know I like to go to. Well, that's that technically one? no, no, no. Okay. Clint's one of those ones that's been turned into a pagan shrine. Oh, covered okay. in all that plastic ribbon shit. Right. Um, but that's more of a well. It's not a real spring. The nearest okay. natural spring is Malvern to me. Right. But that's technically Shropshire. Yeah. Okay. Worcestershire. So Shropshire. is there just the one or two sites? Have you got a cluster of them? What What is this? No, it's just the whole area just zings. Right. Okay. From times gone by. Right. But in that zing, 
you know when you are uh, i don't know you've got a hot spicy curry or something like that yeah and then you eat it and it's hot but then every now and then you might actually bite on a chili or something which makes that hot it even more hot so is there any like in the massive great big magical soup that is middle earth do you have in middle earth any specific ones that stand out other than your spring and what the neo-pagans have done to that other place um not massively locally no okay. other than places that we've already you know tapped into for money purposes okay like the good old talbot right now when i was a kid right we had this thing because it's christmas time at the moment 2021 you know and i've been thinking about presents and stuff for people who's been naughty and nice you know my little christmas list and uh, i was thinking about christmas presents that i had as a child and i had this thing i think it's something that the ceremonial magicians probably invented um called spirograph <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have a spirograph and um, no i had i had similar things growing up that looked like them but never an official one i think you're referring to your math set <laughs> <laughs> no they did it have a one... compass and protractor in it <laughs> no love no that's well? a math set Okay. Did you have a math set as a present as a child? I won countless ones for all sorts of debate right. teams and things. You won them? Yeah. Oh, They're you didn't get them not... as Christmas presents or anything? No. No. What was your best Christmas present that you had as a child? Um... That's what the people yeah. want to know. You don't know. Right, anyway, we're going off on a tangent now. So Spirograph. Spirograph. Spirograph is this thing that the ceremonials like, because they like sacred geometry, so they thought, fuck, I, all these demons ain't making me rich like the fucking book told me they that they would, right? So how am I going to, all of these years of reading all these books, how am I going to put this to good use? Ah, signs and symbols and sacred geometry, that's a thing. How can I market that in a capitalist way and make loads of money on it enter spirograph <laughs> right which is basically a little set of tools which makes you make super magical new agey occult sacred geometry and that right obviously the rich kids have the spirograph because at the end of the day poor people they cannot afford to buy educational toys like that can they right so the poor kids, what the poor kids would get, maybe, is just back to school supplies from Bargains and More or somewhere like that, which basically meant like a ruler or a pencil and stuff like that. Now, hey, if you're... Back then, they'd have been from Woolworths. Do you remember Woolworths, that? Woolworths, yeah. Woolworths went bust, didn't it? Oh, shout out to Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> um... So spirographs, obviously, I'm drawing a comparison here between the rich ceremonial magician class 
right, with their sacred geometry and their super shapes, and the poor kind of class, which they just have to do simple shapes, like a pentagram, because you know they all love a fucking pentagram, don't they? You can draw one of them freehand, or you can just literally use your compass and your ruler in your little math set, right? So there's a little, little game that people used to play back in the days of the Celts and the like, I'm presuming, with their math sets. Because I would imagine on Pathos there will be some sort of blog which says that, <laughs> I don't know, they will have math sets or some shit like that. Judging by the sort of shit I read on that that website, I would imagine there's someone that's claiming that the, um, oh, it would be the Druids when it were well into their Spirograph and um, Mathematics. That have been how they built the Stonehenge. Wouldn't it? And all that, how they built the Stonehenge, yeah, they had a giant, giant Spirograph set. It was the aliens one at Chris, they came down with the powers of Spirograph. And they said, here you go. People in white cloaks, they didn't really have white cloaks, but apparently that's what they like. Why would um, they be white when you spend all that time out in the dirty? I'm not entirely sure, but the, the modern druids do tend to wear white cloaks, I've noticed. And I'm not the only one to notice that. I've, uh, several people have made fun of that. Are you um, sure you've but anyway, I'm getting okay, to this. Okay. I'm getting to this, right? I'm getting to this basic concept, okay, where they think, hmm, here's a bunch of uh, sparky, sparky kind of interesting areas, yeah? <gasps> if I get my ruler and I draw on a map, because we all know that the um, you know audience survey maps were a thing back then. I know this, and there's great evidence to support that, because the amount of places we've been, Chris, and I'm thinking particularly, remember when we went to Glastonbury, and um, the tour, the person that gave us the tour was uh, talking to us about St. Michael's Tower and showing us some uber-massive symbol on it that had been carved on it, which happens to be an audience survey marker. He said it was a magical symbol, but it's an audience survey marker. There happens to also be one by the bin at the bottom of the hill as well, but he didn't tell you. He didn't pay, he, I don't think he's discovered that one yet. So there must have been audience survey because it's on all of these sacred sites and shit. Now, if you take your audience survey map and you get all of these and you draw a line between them, that's called a ley line. You say so. I'm thinking particularly because we talked about St Michael's Tower on the Glastonbury tour, that that is on the St Michael's ley line, and there's several things that have got St Michael's in the name on that ley line. I mean, there's lots of things all over the UK with St Michael's as their name, but there was at least two that you could draw a line between them and other. I'm not going to necessarily say sacred sites, but um, English heritage and national trust properties are also on that line right now this ley line thing okay can you explain this is this something that the druids took to their graves because i hear an awful lot about ley lines i hear an awful lot about sacred signs and there's a big debate sometimes right between the people that like the line and the people that like the star and the people that like the star whenever they get a map They'll just draw lots of lines, linking all of these various sites until they find enough to make a star. And there's some which like them. It's a bit of a fetish, I think. There's some that like the, the line, where they just find all of these sacred sites and they think I'm going to draw a line between them all. 
what they don't like is they don't like it when the line people meet the star people because the, the line people are just obsessed with making things into a line and the star people say, no, what you're missing here is the star, you know? Much like ceremonial magicians and a witches, you know? Ceremonial magicians in their ivory towers and witches in their shanty town cottages on the edge of town, right? They often don't like each other, yeah? Particularly at moots, I've noticed that as well. <laughs> So maybe you could explain. Are you on one of these sites? Are you on the line of the? Are you on the line group, or are you on the star group? Because surely a witch or ma magician or magical practitioner of your caliber must be some way obsessed with linking sacred sites together. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. This is where you interject. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just in awe of of that little my you know have you learned little, something chris have i told you rant. something are you not aware of this ley lines and dragon lines and you know all that shit i am i've never heard them described like that before ah, okay so are you a line person or a star person i don't like either particularly <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what i thought you'd say but i didn't want to put words in your mouth and assume I'm sure, I, I can't remember if it's the Mercury line or the Mary line, one or the other. I think both of those intersect somewhere near me. Because they're the ones that kind of, I think Michael kind of goes kind of across the country in that way. And I'm thinking Mary mm. comes up from Salisbury somewhere like that. Yeah, um, the Michael line goes goes basically sideways. So it goes from the little me, of the what bottom makes of the me laugh is the ones cross when we were about that particular walk around Glastonbury, mm. when they were talking, when he was talking about the two lines meeting, swirling around each other and then going off in different directions. Yeah. Or something like that he was talking about. Well, when the Druids, you know, they might have had a malfunctioning math set. So maybe they drew a little, you know, like when you used to make a mistake, yeah, are when you, you make a mistake, you, you just rub it out, but apparently they didn't have rubbers back then. They had pencils and that, but apparently they didn't have rubbers, according to Pathios. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so maybe they made a mistake and they thought, oh, fuck it, what are we going to do here? I know, we'll just draw another line through it. Because when you make a mistake in pen, apparently you're supposed to draw a line through it. So maybe the St. Michael's line might have been the original one. And they thought, oh, fuck, we've made a mistake. We're supposed to put a line through it. And then people didn't realise it was a mistake. People think, oh, look, there's two ley lines intersecting. Was it something like that? I think you're confusing druids with Daleks. And someone's ah. pressed their reverse function, so they start spinning the other way. Right. Anyway, slightly more seriously, we should be talking about more important stuff, like energy centres. But so I people... wanted to talk about ley lines, Chris. Or are they no, the same thing? That's what we're talking about, Liam. Oh. So, okay. Ignore all that stuff that you can read on those Facebook groups. What, even the stuff about the crop circles? Yes, all that stuff. <laughs> um, Lady Poison knows a lot about crop circles. 
I'm going to leave it She's probably out that. there cutting them. No, she, 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 knows, she knows. Her Mr. Railroad knows secrets about crop circles. Secrets that I did not know myself. Although I do know because I've spoken to them. I've suspected, but I didn't know for a fact. I reckon they've got one of those sit on, uh, sit on lawnmowers, sit on and they lawnmowers. go out and do them themselves. <laughs> See, I don't think I could resist doing crop circle without drawing a massive penis on it somewhere. <laughs> but that's just because I'm a prick. But you know, anyway. Okay. So what? It would be like a signature or a tag, like what? Graffiti people Something do. Like that. Yeah, that's your tag because you're a dick. Yeah. Dick was here. <laughs> Every um, time you see a, a a penis or dick with balls on something, whether it be an exercise book in school, maybe it's carved in a table, maybe it's a spray painted on a nice brick wall, that means Chris is here. Chris was here. That's what that means, doesn't it? Hey, it worked during the Roman times. <laughs> it did even put, little, even put little wings on him yeah um, that's very true it did just look all around Pompeii I was there <laughs> um, like... there's going to be people frantically googling that <laughs> and no before you all get in my DMs and start complaining about you know avalanches and shit the destroyer of Pompeii was not my fault I was I was not involved. Although it is like me to preserve a city for later. Um that is very me. I do like to archive things. Yes, this is very true. Sometimes I've been carving entire entire civilizations. But that's my job. Um anyway, we're digressing far too much. The point of this Ley lines is and energy line. We'll talk about that. You tell us, you spill the beans on this. You tell us all the secrets that people need to know. So, my understanding of them, um, so not from all of these lines and apparently stars drawn all over maps. I remember all the triangles because I I like the uh, the devil's triangle and stuff. That that's cool. I want to play with that. I don't remember leaving anything there, especially not a trans-dimensional doorway, which apparently seems to is is what all the all the guys like to talk about. Anyway, on on a lot of these shitty websites and stuff, they like to talk about ley lines, which clearly, if you look at them, are some lazy drawing lines between sacred sites. So, the reason that they are lazy lines drawn between sites was my understanding was that a lot of these sites used by the church because the ley lines are another one of these church ideas let's face it it's nothing from the druids it's from you the mean church. it wasn't like the druids version of a motorway no oh oh no they just used to piggyback on the ufos didn't they <laughs> <laughs> Because that was another blog I read on another site. Druids were just those people you used to call in and you'd give scraps of food to if they danced for a bit and did a little (laughs) jig and and sung sung a little bard. Um, That's about as important as the druids were. Sorry. 
Not sorry. Um, we'll deal with the eye druids some other time. The um, ley lines, yeah. Mappy, you know, the reason these maps are useless is because they're often drawn by idiots. And these, these idiots tell other idiots, and apparently they get published in books now. Um, but these ley lines are, are supposed to be energetic highways that connect. And the reason, you know, they the reason they connect up sacred sites is because the idea is that um, ancients would have found those spots by magical means. And, of course, they were tapping in to the energy that runs between them or around them. What the problem is, is people use all of the sacred sites and are not picky about which ones to actually include because not all of them are running along these energetic highways. They're running along different ones that the Christians don't know about. Um, so, you know, th my part is tricky about a lot of the modern scholarship about it is pretty shit, um, mainly because it's based on people walking around with dowsing sticks yeah. um, and forgetting those main, the main things they're looking for is for water. Um, mm. Not so good at picking up energy, <laughs> energy currents that aren't water based. Um, and obviously, I don't mean streams um, for those listening. Um, there are lots of energetic lines that are water-based that don't physically exist in this in this current setup. You heard um, it here first, guys. That'll be the next Llewellyn book, I should imagine. Uh, or the next thing that you can buy from Stonehenge gift shop will be the water lines. When they the started universe. to really offend me is when they started to talk about dragon lines because that wow. really started to upset me because that's a very different concept that's been uh, culturally misappropriated from the uh, from um the to the side of world um and has been well, conflated well. with this <laughs> <laughs> no that's far too close that could do with being <laughs> a little bit further away <laughs> Um, but no, I won't say anything else about the Welsh, otherwise they'll come to me. <laughs> it's um, probably a good idea. <laughs> they scare me a lot more than the the eye druids and the Wiccans. Um, I can't remember what my point was. You were saying that culturally misappropriating dragons from presumably the east, the east as the yes. faraway land to the to the side of world. To other side of the world. So, dragon lines, ley lines, are you saying that a dragon line is a type of ley line? Or is it just the fact that you've got ley lines and someone's decided, well, we won't call them ley lines, we'll call them dragon lines. So is it the fact that dragon lines are a type of ley line? Or is it that dragon line is another name for ley line? Well, this is what's mistakenly done about them. So the ley line folk got hold of this concept of dragon lines from the East and have basically said they're the same thing. Um, they're not in any way, shape or form. Um, 
the only thing that is similar about them is that it's a it's a method of tracking energy lines. And mm. um, other than that, bearing in mind, energy like anything moves and changes. Um, it's kind of the point. So the idea that this is, you know, um, an energy line that is current, even when, um, you know, so much has changed since Stonehenge and places like that were built, um, that even if they were on those lines, um, those lines definitely aren't where they were then. So it's it's a it's a tricky one because it's it's another it's one of these where these pseudosciences try to get as much evidence as possible. Mm. But when you evidence something pseudosciencey on what other pseudosciencey people have said, you end up with toilet paper. So I just don't quite understand why so many people get stuck on this bandwagon. Um, I want to kind of blame the mundane seeking magic myself, but I think that might be too mean. No, I, do, I don't think there's the mundane seeking magic. It's another breed of people that we used to hear a lot of. I think it stems from the armchair magician types that don't have an interest in learning magic. It's the ones that have an interest in chariots of the gods. And that type of thing. Yeah. That's the sort of people that that sort of thing comes from. Mm. So in terms of ley lines then, are you suggesting that there are such a thing as ley lines? There are. Well, at least the word that they... What, the concept that they're trying to describe <laughs> does exist. Right. In the sense that there are energy lines that you could follow the entire circumference of the world with. Um, okay. They don't necessarily go in straight lines um, mm. and are often more like what they're described as in the dragon lines, which is a series of vortexes. Um, you know, those are the sorts of shapes that we are used to dealing with, bearing in mind we are not two dimensional. Um, so you don't have to, you know, keep to keep to line drawings in order to map things. These are the sorts of things that need, at the very least, three dimensions in order to actually describe how they move. Okay. So the lines that you think of when you think of ley lines, because you'll have visited enough of them, um, is it like an electric fence that's just a stagnant thing or is it like a river or a, or you know like a road say that's quite fixed and stagnant or is it more like a river that is a flowing more like or a river. does it vary but it varies as in how strong the flow is from right from line to line depending so on they how do they move it's energy that's moving and part of the problem with some of the ancient ones, um, or at least, you know, what people talk about the ancient ones being, is that they've been zapped by building various things on them. So either the energy line has forced itself out of the way by, I'm trying to think, a, ri a river is a really good metaphor for it, 
those you know those yeah. streams that you get when you go to the seaside and it goes into it just goes into the sea across the sand you get that a lot on features around the uk don't you and then all the kids try to make little dams and little rock pools and that but it always finds the sea yeah so you think it like that depending on if there's a big blockage then it will just move around it or if yeah. not then it will just keep now if there is a blockage though then will that wear the blockage away in time or will it actually just move and then that's your official you know it's now just changed permanently it depends so this is where we've often uh, well i think we touched on it when we talked about grids um so depending on what kind of site you've built on top of one um and obviously the christians love to um build cathedrals and churches on top of them god praise the jesus what do these all have in common um is where they bury dead people um and consecrate (laughs) round relic so you know reliquaries and things like that so you know when you start to divert power i suggest i suppose to other purposes it will depend on how that's been built and how good they were building it so the ones that were built by the freemasons um possibly messy um because you know they were pretty good at building buildings not so good at channeling energy um so we'll see what they've managed to do with some of them um eventually they tend to go boom a lot of them went boom during World War Two and World War One, um, and a lot of things were rectified. Did that get a few as well? That got a few of them too. Um, but with that, though, more more importantly, those sorts of <laughs> poolings that happened then mm. were more by landowners who would have got hold of that land afterwards and those are the ones that you look for the little chapels that were built and the little follies and things that were built along those lines at that point siphoning off power in a very different way um but yes it's one of those subjects you could go on forever because it's it's a lot wider a subject than people like it to be we're out of time for the regular edition of the podcast i hope you found it amusing and fun but for the patrons we will continue and we'll go a bit deeper so chris finish that thought and then we will delve a little deeper unless the thoughts disappeared all i was all i was saying was kind of wrapping up to that bit to say it's too huge a subject really um, if you start dealing with the actual process of how these how these channels work, if I stop calling them ley lines and start calling them channels instead, maybe that will make more sense in the sense that they work on various frequency levels, which means they're not always stable at every point in the frequency that you thought they would be in. Mm. So to kind of expand what I was saying before and feel free to jump in whenever um, if I'm missing, you know, something, if I'm skip, skipping over something that's blat- you know, blatantly obvious to us, um, but I'm 
assuming too much um jump in but essentially what we talked about in the kind of um grid lines um pod i don't know if it was it a podcast it might have been a fausty i can't remember we did a we did a crystal grids on that we i think we did a fausty witches on it okay anyway we we started to cover grids on one of them um and we started to talk about how think places like cemeteries mm. are built and how they are designed in order to be um put together and to channel certain parts of energy will you imagine that on a global scale yes they were built not by anybody um, that is is around now um and a lot of them changed directions during big um big periods of time shall we say um big civilizations have managed to pull certain ones redirect some of the others um and now they're a bit kind of chaotic so if you discover one of the old ones um it won't be anywhere on one of these maps that you've got um you're going to have to literally seek it out specifically um it's one of those quest that you know it's one that's quite good for questing um when you're trying to kind of heart you know find old power sources that people have long forgotten about um it's an interesting questing um maybe it's one we do for witch wars in the future or something if we can find an interesting enough thing to do with them um mm. but it would be interesting if tug of you know, war tug of war yeah maybe <laughs> like that um but yeah it's it's a it's a tricky one to discuss because it's huge um what i probably what we probably should do Liam, is address it in the method in the actual kind of question that was asked of us um which is kind of you know lay of the land in that true sense lay of the land um where you're talking about energy energy that runs through the the earth um mm. Movement of energy throughout the earth. Yeah. Because the earth moves constantly. And when people say that, they think, oh, of course, it's going around the sun. But what they don't think about is they don't think about tectonic plates. They don't think about necessarily weather patterns, which we live on an island. So just watching the news every day, you are sure as hell going to see movement on the screen when the weather man or woman points to it or shows you in nice graphics and shit. There's lots of movement, energetic movement going on all over. And this stuff with the movement is obviously naturally occurring. Now, you can take a river and you can look at where the river's flowing and it's fucking logical. You can see why it's flowing in that direction, right? Yeah. If you want to make a man-made river, you can learn by studying real rivers, you know, how it works. And you could adapt to make your, a man-made river. If anyone wants to see something like that in a small detail, go and look at a garden um, water uh, feature. It's basically the same thing. You know, a tiny little system with water flowing right energetic movement patterns of energy if 
energy exists in the world, then there's going to be mm, naturally occurring movement patterns of energy, yeah? Most people would say that they're ley lines. They just evolved as the world grew or as the world was created as what we see now. But then there's also what you might call synthetically created ley lines, which is, okay, what happens when you have certain things, certain people doing certain works, whether that be large collectives of people and cultures, or whether that be individual magical practitioners and the like, all of these things, if there's an, an energy flow, then you'll see that when you go and take the dog for a walk down the park, where you're going to a park that is just a field, when it's just grass, there is no paving, but you can see that there's paths that have been beaten through it, just from sure the amount of people that are walking around that in that specific area. And not everyone is doing that, but when there's enough people going in a direction over that grass, then it will be a path. Synthetic energy lines are basically something like that, where you have a movement of energy for a, whatever reason. And now most people really want to focus on the mystically, spiritually magical energy ley lines. What they fail to pick up on is modern ley lines made by mundanes. So if you think of motorways, where you've got a bunch of pissed off people stuck in traffic at the same times every day, there's going to be a very stagnant, interesting energy there, right? Whereas all those people going there five days a week, bottlenecks, that kind of thing. There's a lot of energy there. Same with the naturally occurring things. So what you need to think of with ley lines, whether it's modern ones, synthetic ones, or natural ones, is you're thinking movement patterns of energy. Whether all of that energy is the same thing doesn't matter, but it is still a movement pattern of energy. Now, most people will say, because they read all the books from the Druids and all that sort of shit, not the original Druids, obviously, the eye Druids, the modern ones, with their iPads, that they think, ah, we must do our special ritual at this special sacred site that's on a fucking ley line and pull in all of this energy, because it's always been there. And we're plugging into this super magical system. And I kind of think, okay. I see merit to that. If it's in your back garden, do it. If it's down the road from you, do it. But is it 100% necessary to do that? No. Of course it's not. If I had, like you do, with some of the houses and that around by you, that open up on the back of a canal, don't they? Because you've got lots of canal systems in Middle Earth. Um, some people get little boats, More don't they? Venice. Yeah, some people get little boats because they actually have little, I've seen them, like little harbour things in the back. They tie their little boats on and all of that and they might go up and down the river on a boat or even a canoe or a kayak or something like that. Makes sense. You know, it's literally in their back garden. They're going to make use of it, potentially. There are the people that would travel just because they love the water and they love canals. They might travel with a canoe on their car roof 
tied down and take it to a place where they can get that canoe kayak or a little boat off and put it in the canal so they can have a nice little trip for the day and take a picnic with the missus and the kids. Those people just love that sort of work. But it's not necessary. And I think there's a big problem like with anything, with the hoodoo in a traditional witchy types, um, Wiccans and all that sort of thing that you're seeing from all the Llewellyn publications and that is get this, get that, you need this, you need a honey jar for this, you need some sugar for that, you need this ingredient, you need that ingredient. Well, a lot of the time this is also going with energy. Is You need to do this ritual on this day in Glastonbury on the top of the tour because that's the way it was always done, that's the way it's supposed to be done. Or you need to do this at the Long Barrow because, well, you're a pagan, so you should be doing it at Long Barrow, you know? All that sort of thing. That I see factoring into ley lines a lot. This generic use of, I know there's energy there, I can feel it. What the fuck it is, I don't know. Because whenever you get these people and you say, okay, aside from there being energy there, why are you going to Avebury? Why are you doing it there? And how are you utilizing that there? How is that being utilized in the practice? And when they turn around and say, uh, uh, what, uh, uh, then it tells you all you need to know. I see this with ley lines as well no different with this it's just oh well, there's a massive secret to do with ley lines all oh, energy i'll oh, fuck it i'll pull it in because energy is energy and if someone else is doing it and so many people are doing it i should do it because all of the super powerful people from the past all the ancient cultures that knew all sorts of crazy ass stuff and took it to the grave with them they did shit presumably because the archaeological textbook told me they did so i'm going to go and try and recreate that in a way that that isn't actually off authentic but that's precisely the point anyway i think i'm rambling now so you take over that's fine um mine is one i'm going to make a very brief rant myself oh um, goody i do the, have a rant of yours in the fact that <laughs> right going back to the kind of dragon lines ley lines thing um they've literally been convoluted in any way possible where they've applied any version of teaching energy to mm. the process and created some other subsection so i remember years ago reading about that they'd <laughs> assigned chakras to particular oh, sites across the world and Ugh. i remember there was something about i think I, I want to say it was something like it had some stupid name like rainbow serpent or something like that it was one of to those kind of, everything yeah. looks like a nail though chris exactly exactly but yeah i just wanted to throw that in just to kind of point out exactly why i hate it my brain's not still not right after being ill last week so um it was in there somewhere it was just trying desperately to come to the surface um just to kind of point out how stupid it is um but yeah the, the problem is is that it really depends on what kind of energy mapping you are trying to do um, mm. If it's a case of you are looking at your local area, then try with the things that are physically there first. Like Liam says, the canal systems, the river systems. Um, look at a look, just look at an aerial map and see how how the um, any woodland or trees by you. How in what way do they actually form through that space? Because what you're actually talking about is a tangible energy that you should be able to tap into if you've got any sort of knowledge. 
um, and everyone should be able to tap into that. That's the equivalent of the graph, looking at the graph and seeing where people have been walking, which everyone yeah. does, but they don't realise they're doing it. It's just natural, isn't it? You're like, I, I don't know how many people have walked this way, but I know that this is it's just naturally where you want to walk. Yeah. That's basically it's what you're doing. But most people, most people will go to Stonehenge and they'll think, oh, the energy, oh, I like this energy, I don't like this energy, oh, look, the stone. But then what they won't do is they won't go to the local fucking woodland they're surrounded yeah. by fields, and there's basically looks like from an aerial view a fucking island that's a circle practically, and go in there and think of it as a structure because people didn't carve anything. It's all just naturally yeah. occurring. And I mean, come on, natural magic? What the fuck is that about? Natural magic's all to do with buying ribbons and putting them on a tree, isn't it? But the thing is, this is the problem. You've got all these books that people are seeking out the knowledge. And they make the mistake of trusting if it's been put put in a book, it's from a reliable source. Unfortunately, um, it is so easy to publish nowadays. All you have to do is have an Amazon account, don't you, in order to self-publish yes. these days. Um, that actually, this isn't where you've got to convince a publishing house that your work is actually of some kind of value. Um, you know, it's not a pseudoscience report where you've managed to get another 30 pseudoscientists to peer review it, in inverted commas, in order to make it somehow valid. Um, you know, this this is this is about or the, the best, which is what I, I you know how much because I'm going to go for it, even though it's a slight tangent, but it's to just to make a point, which is the Doreen virtues of the world who, because they've got a, a a PhD in a subject that is completely irrelevant, they can still use the word doctor. And therefore, mm. um, even though <laughs> they're writing about uh, occult history and their PhD is in psychology, how on earth that is even remotely connected? Uh, or is, is it in marketing, me. Chris? You know, it's just kind of like... <laughs> These are the sorts of people, bearing in mind, you know for a fact Doreen Virtue is not her actual name, um, unless she's had it changed by Deepol. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those where, uh, how they, and I'm going to use the fake one we used for Which Wars 1. Um, no, was it Which Wars 1? Raven yeah, which Grimsby. Was one. Raven Grimsby is a perfect example of a name that is clearly made up and he's definitely a pen name. No, no, no. There's people with actual names like Harmony Nice, where the Wiccans that liked the name Raven grew up and they decided to call their daughter or son or whatever the fuck is in between, because those sorts of people love to embrace the in-between and just call him Raven, you know? So there are real-life people. There's probably a real-life Raven Grimsby who would probably be roughly our age, let's be probably. fair. Probably. No, Chris... Could you imagine what it would be like if you didn't have the family that you had, but you'd been raised Wiccan? Oh, God, don't. Imagine that. Imagine if you no. came from an actual family of proper I... Wiccan. That would Liam, be fucking I hilarious. Even... <laughs> I couldn't even imagine your upbringing, let alone something <laughs> as crazy as being brought up by Wiccans. <laughs> um, it's just, <laughs> It's just one of those... It's one of those things where something started off as a great idea 
and then like like with what they've done with the three books of of occult philosophy they've just rehashed and rehashed and until it no longer says anything useful like Mm. you know people i think part of it is the 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 desperation to turn this into a science is what it comes down to it's like the same reason i can't stand the people who love geomancy you know like (laughs) actually puts any kind of stock into someone putting footprints into the sand and then going oh i'll read those they they make up a pattern looks like dice um you know it's just it's one of those kind of people desperately wanting to prove something and i think that's often the problem is they're not happy with this being something that is only seen astrally um and by people with uh, who actually take the time and energy to develop their psychic their psychic gifts they want something that they can tangibly see to confirm all the stuff that they actually see um and i think with ley lines it's another one of these where it's just the idea is so simple in the way it's been pointed out oh yeah like there's just there's just lines look you can see them um the same like statistics there are how many you know how many sacred sites in the uk it's a very small place you could literally draw any line on the map in a place like that is so heavily populated densely populated over such a long period of time you could literally draw any line on on the uk and it would hit half a dozen churches of different denominations like do you know what i mean like it will be built on top of ancient sites of some description <laughs> exactly because you know we've populated this place pretty much since the last ice age like you know what i mean and heavily populated it mm. so there are literally you throw a stone in, in in your backyard and you will hit some kind it's like it's like anybody that ever has any work done on the house will find roman currency Oh, they no, probably won't find any of the good ones, but it's literally true. every everyone will find something that is historically relevant. Even like new builds, if you can pretty much just dig in your garden a little bit further down than what you would if you were to plant a plant, you'll find something. You're, you're bound to find something. I've lived and been in so many houses whereby they've just found, it's normally coins or pottery or something like that, but yeah. I think some of the people, like Americans particularly, don't quite get this because they have a lot of space and not a lot of history, as we know. But they don't get the concept of you just go into your own back garden, dig a little bit, and you'll find all sorts of crazy-ass stuff, you know. It's not that exciting, which is one of the reasons why I think museums don't give a shit about it, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to find a a horde of coins, they'd be interested. But, like, you can literally find, oh, I found this ring, I found that, and it's like, oh, do you want it? Oh, no, well, we'll put it in the local archive then. You know, no one gives a shit. (laughs) Literally, last, I think it was last week or the week before, some farmer decided, oh, okay, I really need to sort this field out because mm. we'd had a bad winter, et cetera, et cetera. It was a poor, you know, ripped up part of his field, discovered there is a a, a 30 metre by 70 metre Roman mosaic that depicts three versions 
of a um, a play that we have lost mm. to the history books is depicted in one of his random fields. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Perfectly intact because it's below where the actual plow goes yeah when he's digging up his field so it's never been touched but it just so happened with all the bad weather etc he had last year that a load of the earth had been washed away and he went mm. oh wait a minute and there is a perfectly intact um and they're being found everywhere this hs2 mm. the only reason i'm not against it is because we're finding so much that we didn't know was there um because they have to you do any kind english heritage has has it here so that you dig anywhere, there has to be an archaeological survey done. Um, you know, the oh, difference... Yeah. Like the... even renovations for if you... Like there was... Re um, oh, who is it? Alex Polizzi, who does all the hotel programs and stuff like that. She bought with her mum a... Um, it was an old pub, basically. Um, but obviously it's got a well and all that sort of... Well, they discovered a well and that in the garden and like all the work had to halt and it was like, oh, kind of this... It is not an ancient pub. It's a couple of hundred years old, which again, a lot of people think less old. A couple of hundred years old for a building in really that much, especially if it's a pub. Let's be fair, but it's an old, old pub, you know, which is all protected and stuff like that. But then they're building out from it and putting a little courtyard garden and all that in, and then they just uncover some ancient, um, uh, well. And then they get the uh, the people, they have to stop work, get the people uh, in from whoever's supposed to be checking it off and all that. Then they're like, oh, no, this is just the top. The Tudors, the top bit's the Tudor top. That's not really that important. It's a couple of hundred years old. The lower bit's more important, but you just got to put some glass over in it. It'll be fine. Don't let anyone put their fag butts down it or anything. You know, I suppose, fine. you know, I'm, I'm in danger of saying something um, offensive here. But you know the part the part of the problem for for the American friends who, who are listening to this is that one they're so dense you know so sparsely spread out yeah um, because it's such a huge place yeah. but secondly the main custodians of that bit of land for a very long time didn't believe in cutting into Mother Earth mm. so that's why there is nothing there is less to find there. If it's been if it's been ripped up and it's under the ground, it's been made since the Americas were the Americas. Like, you know, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, something that's 300 years old is ancient um, mm. to a lot of people there because the world wasn't marked in that way. Um, Lady Poison. What's so interesting from an energetic point of view when you talk about that space because here, um, the buildings that would have redirected these landlines are less prevalent in the Americas. That most of them, I would imagine, will be where they're supposed to be. Mm, um, and yeah. if they've moved, it's because somebody has pushed it this end <laughs> in, mm. the, in the kind of, um, for a horrible term, but the civilised world um, has actually like forced something to push its way around in order to escape what something we've tried to do um that it would be the only reason those have moved if you're actually able to tap in to the ancient world part of the americas then you probably are dealing with something that really is ancient 
Um, I realise we don't have a massive amount of time, but I kind of want to cover very briefly the intersection with Faye to make this actually useful, just as we're about to go. Okay. Just before you do, you want to say? yeah, just before you do, I was just going to say about Lady Poison. Lady Poison and Mr. Railroad often go walking, and I've been for a couple of walks with them in various places um, to do with the moot on the move. And Lady Poison has some very good advice that the British people and potentially people with a little bit of history and, and moles is that whenever you just wander past a molehill, fucking look at it because moles dig up crazy ass stuff. And it's literally like she's found stuff just right on the top of the molehill and it looks like someone's just gone and put it there, but it's not. It's because they, they, bear, they, they go down under the ground and then push all the dirt up everywhere. So... Yeah. That is what we're talking about. People find all sorts of stuff all of the time when stuff like that happens. Down the local park, in the garden, I found Roman coins in the back garden. I was told, oh, well, of course you're going to find Roman coins because it's a Victorian house. I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? It's like, well, the garden was just a patch. It was a vegetable patch, and it's been there for a certain amount of time with yeah. the new builds you potentially are going to find even more because they don't actually dig. Like most of the new builds, you dig down a little bit for the foundations of what you're putting up. They don't even touch the garden. They just remove the topsoil, so the, just the grass. So they don't even dig it. Like in the olden days, they would actually dig foundations and stuff like that, and you, you know, all these big um, uh, tools. Nowadays, we just pile everything and whack yeah. everything up. Yeah, big tall tall gates and walls and stuff like that. But nowadays you just stick a fence in, you know. But um yeah, sorry, what were you gonna say about the Fay? I was just gonna say, like you know, just to kind of I'm I'm of the feeling that following the conversation we had with the person that asked this to go on the list, uh, yeah. we've just spent an hour slagging off ley lines. Um in their kind of modern eye druid use not yeah. that they don't exist um but that just kind of that last part of saying well actually we've sent her off to actually explore some of this um yeah but she probably... found it of her own accord didn't she she yes. said we didn't say go and find a ley line she said oh yeah by the way yeah. have you got any ley lines oh yeah there's one here because like she knows and she knows that it's there She's just not necessarily decided to go whitewater raft in dang one. Yeah. So the only bit I wanted to kind of slip in at the end was um, kind of to do with Fey Realms in the sense that um, energy... I'm trying to avoid the word energy line. Um, these kind of vortexes don't all stay in this, depending on which which ley line or energy line you are looking at not all of them are linked to just this existence mm. um which is where you'll find and i think this is potentially what the the welsh witches like to tap into um when they're doing their underworld work um which is actually tapping into the the fey lines that essentially run in different places that aren't really lines and aren't straight in any way shape or form but 
are they are these access points as to why the US why the UK is um and Europe is so quote unquote important when it comes to tapping into some of these um fey realms. Um but it's just it was just a little bit of food for thought right on the end there as as we like to is Europe is a bit like um London Underground. I yeah. think in that you if you look at London Underground or you look at the, the the map of the train system from above, if you watched it, you'd see these these trains just disappear, right? But what they're actually doing is they're going underground and then they're coming up again and then they're going underground again. But then when they get to somewhere like London, they disappear underground and you think oh, I was probably just a little depot or a tunnel, but actually there's another massive structure. So when you're talking yeah. about energy centers and lines of energy in, in the world, if you were to look at them, you might see where they link and feel where they link. But if you got on one, then you might find all of these extra links that don't actually go on the, the earth or around the earth. They're actually going in various other places because you're only looking at it if you're looking at it and interacting it from the earth perspective as looking at it as the railway from going down and looking at it from the sky and you just see the railway tracks and you can kind of guesstimate and think well the train disappears here and then it comes out over there so that must be a tunnel but at the same time if you looked at something like london underground it's not really a fucking tunnel that's a whole network again and most people would think oh there's a tunnel there but it's not it's something far different but you'd know if you already know and you'd know if you got on the fucking train but of course, yeah. I tend to find people that investigate ley lines and the like are probably the least qualified people that should be doing it. <laughs> yeah. And they're often the ones that don't actually go and do anything with them. They're actually oh, no, they never use them. them. They, they look never at them use from, them. They look from a map perspective and say, oh, that's interesting. And you're like, why is it interesting? What do you actually know about that line? Like, you know, oh, this one's the St. Michael line. Why is that called the St. Michael line? Um, oh well there's a bunch of churches on its route that are St Michael like yes and when what I is important my... about that energy when I did my make a wish spell with my candle and I sat there on that ley line it worked Chris it worked there was more energy there when I tapped this stone okay. and all the energy lit up and I did my extra little bit of magic it worked better than it normally does when I sit at home Just... why? because of magic because of magic and I'm going to leave it there because, because A, it's the end of the podcast, but also because that's where those people leave it. They don't investigate further. They just think, oh, fuck it, next time I want to do this, I'm going to go sit in that spot again. And they don't think, I've just discovered something, something super cool and interesting and powerful. But no, I think I will go away and read a couple of books about ley lines, think I kind of understand them and then get the wrong end of the stick instead of actually going and experimenting a bit more. So if we actually brought up anything that really tickled your fancy and you want more information about it, then you'll have to let us know, either in a mentoring session or um, or obviously um, asking an outright question, ideally naming another podcast so that we can go mm. and uh, re uh, reinvestigate. 
what about two trains collide where you get one ley line and you get another one and you bend them so that they meet but they're opposing currents so they actually ram into each other and then you can speculate as to what happens if two trains go on a railway and go towards each other and what would happen well if someone asked that question we could probably make a whole podcast out of it but no one's asked that so no. be specific with your questions guys and you'll get specific answers otherwise we ramble and slag stuff off for an hour yeah okay well that's it for this edition of the no holes bar witchcraft podcast love you and goodbye <laughs>